You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, welcome to part one of Sixers Daily. I'm your host, Jazz Kang. Before I jump into things, don't forget to subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. You can catch us pretty much anywhere you get your fix. And of course, check us out at libertyballers.com. Joining me for this episode, first time we're doing this, he is an editor and writer at SBNation.com, mainly covering the NBA, Mr. Ricky O'Donnell. Ricky, first off, how have things been for you throughout the offseason? And we're going into game five of the NBA Finals tonight. Who do you have in this series? Because it's coming down to the wire here. Yeah, it's such a busy time to be covering basketball, but it's so much fun. With the finals going on right now, the draft a week from Thursday, uh, it just seems like it, it all just happens so fast once you get deep in the playoffs. So I think this finals has been a tremendous series. Uh, definitely feels like, you know, two probably the two best teams in the league still standing. Uh, Steph Curry was so great in that game four. I picked the Warriors from the beginning. I just trust the Warriors offense to be more consistent than Boston's offense. So I'm sticking with the Warriors. I don't know if they're going to get it done in six or in seven games. To me, it really feels like Boston is the better team. Uh, if Curry's the best player in the series, it feels like Boston has the second, third, fourth, maybe fifth best player in the series. But that Boston offense just gets a little bit too bogged down too often. And I guess I just trust the Warriors to be more consistent at both ends of the floor uh, in high leverage games. So I'm still rolling with the Warriors, but man, it's been a fun, fun series. And uh, I'm hoping we get a few more like that game four. I'll, I'll be honest, Ricky. I saw them at nine and a half to one to win the title right before the playoffs started. And I'm completely kicking myself for not <laughs> putting some money on the Warriors there. And it's funny because I, I look at this series too. I feel like when both those teams are at their best, the Warriors and the Celtics, the Celtics are a little bit better. But like you mentioned, it comes down to consistency, comes down to being able to you know, Steph Curry putting up 43 points in game four and being able to kind of will his team to a victory. Whereas you mentioned Boston, their offense gets a little bit stuck. Let's get a little bit stagnant. And we've seen that come back to bite the Celtics a couple of times now in this series. When you look at the Celtics as the Eastern Conference champions, obviously I covered the Sixers and, and I know you're, you're pretty well versed with Philly as well. When you look at the gap between the Celtics and the Sixers, how big do you think it is and how far off do you think Philly is of being a championship championship contender as currently constructed? Yeah, this is one of my main takeaways from the finals is that it just feels like the league is still very wide open, right? Like Golden State is not nearly as imposing as they were at their peak when they had Kevin Durant or when the Curry, Thompson, and Green trio was younger back when they made their first title run in 2015. Uh, you know, the Celtics are really good and have been really good since uh, February. I think they were ninth in the Eastern Conference on February 1st and have just been on an absolute tear since then. But the Celtics are by no means an, an unbeatable team. So I think there's a huge opportunity league-wide and that the championship window is 
is really wide open. If Boston wins this year, it'll be five different champions in the last five years. I don't think that's ever happened in the NBA before. Uh, and, you know, even if the Warriors win, it's like you know, the Warriors just feel like they're they're trending down a little bit. And it's Curry, uh, Curry's singular greatness being the only thing that's uh, put them in this position. So for a team like the Sixers, I think that, you know, you got a top three player in the world in Joel Embiid. That's usually a pretty good sign for your championship chances. And, you know, it's not like it was a few years ago when it seemed like the entire league was just waiting for the inevitable Warriors-Cavs finals when LeBron was running the East. Uh, now I think that, like, the top three or four teams in every conference, maybe even more than that, can realistically talk themselves into winning the championship. I think Philly absolutely has to be thinking title or bust in every year of Embiid's prime. So, how far is Philly away? I mean, it, it really depends what happens this offseason. Most importantly, it depends what kind of shape James Harden's going to be in uh, next season and what kind of health he's going to be in. But uh, I think the, the title picture around the league is wide open, and hopefully that leads to a really active and fun offseason around the NBA. Yeah, and it's been it's been crazy fun the last you know six or seven years looking at the NBA summertime where you got free agency you got the draft you got a lot of movement so it's it's been fun and like you mentioned for people like us who cover the league this is probably the best time of the year other than when the team like I'm team specific so covering the finals for me uh wanting to jump into some Sixers talk as well Ricky looking at this right now they're in a, a bit of a precarious spot right they don't have a ton of flexibility that there's a whole lot of things that have to go on between now and July 1st where we'll get some idea of where the Sixers are going to be at a lot of that depends on James Harden could opt in for a $47 million contract for the one year eligible to sign an extension as well. Although I don't think Daryl Morey is going to give him the max there. As we saw uh, his game has fallen off, obviously a little bit. Father time is undefeated. He's 32 years old. Uh, but again, if he signs for 47 million kind of leaves the Sixers in a tough spot because wipes out the 10.3 non-taxpayer exception also basically makes it very difficult for them to keep that number 23 pick we are hearing some reports from people like kevin o'connor i'll jump into that in a second but looking at this right now the sixers can technically get to 155.7 in terms of total salary uh if they get there and they go over that amount that wipes out their their like I said, the, the non-taxpayer exception, their biannual exception. When you're looking at this and these negotiations coming up with Harden, Ricky, what do you think is the worst case scenario for the Sixers to play out here? The worst case scenario. That's interesting. I think if I'm a Sixers fan, I want Harden to take the one-year option, even though it's going to limit your team building next year. It won't hard cap them. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. So as long as there's going to be no hard cap, like the really scary proposition is tying yourself to Harden on sort of an albatross level deal. And then it being really difficult to move him to meaningfully improve the team while Embiid's still in this prime. Now, obviously we've seen someone like Russell Westbrook get traded, you know, what three off seasons in a row, right. Mm -hmm. Making 40 plus million a year. I think Harden's going to age better than Westbrook just because of the shooting. Like that's something that Westbrook, for whatever reason, has just never been able to improve as a shooter. And James Harden is one of the best shooters of this generation, which makes him one of the best shooters of all time. Uh, I do wonder, worry a little bit about Harden's shot, just because it seems like, you know, he's much better as a pull-up shooter than as a spot-up shooter, just anecdotally. Uh, but I guess the Sixers should probably just not want that. If I'm them, I'm kicking the can down the road on Harden's you know, extension, whatever that looks like. I'm sure Harden's going to want a max. You said that you doubt Daryl Moore 
Daryl Morey will give it to him. I believe that basically no team around the league is going to give James yeah. Harden max after what, after how he looked uh, in the postseason and just throughout all of last year. But I don't know. It's a, it's a tough situation. I don't know how you come to an agreement on what a long-term Harden extension looks like that is going to satisfy Harden and the team. So that just seems like a really dicey proposition to me. So I'm thinking that it might be best case scenario if Harden just picks up that option, gets the ridiculous $47 million payday just for next season. And the Sixers can really take stock in what they have next year and see like, okay, is this really the guy we want next to MB for the next, you know, two, three seasons after that. Yeah, Ricky, looking looking at those scenarios, and, and you mentioned, you know what, they're, they're going to have those two on the roster no matter what, pretty confident of that for next season with Embiid and Harden. Obviously got Tyrese Maxey fulfilling his potential, could be an all-star level player if everything goes well over the next few seasons. We've seen him, him make a jump. So the Sixers have enough high-end talent. You mentioned Joel Embiid, MVP candidate, has maybe three, four, five years left in his prime depending on how he ages and given his injury history. But now you're looking at this, for the Sixers, we saw Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer saying Philly looking at trying to maybe package together the number 23 pick, which Brooklyn deferred that selection until next season. Um, but now the Sixers, we know they have it. They can't trade it per se beforehand. They could select a player and move that deal. But uh, Danny Green, another guy, you're looking at his $10 million salary. If he's waived before July the 1st, the Sixers aren't on the hook for that. Dealing with the torn ACL and LCL, likely not going to be ready until maybe early 2023 depending on how his recovery goes if they're able to move Danny Green's 10 million dollar salary and the number 23 pick Ricky what do you think they'll get in return and and who do you think would be a good fit that might be available in the NBA for the Sixers to acquire yeah that's a that's a tough question without you know thinking about that too hard coming into this I can't really give you specific names of guys who could be available I'll say that the Sixers probably just need some 3 and D style forwards because uh, I think they were what 12th in both offensive and defensive efficiency last year, at least by mm -hmm. the basketball reference uh, numbers, but three point rate, like they didn't shoot a ton of threes around Embiid and like given all the gravity Embiid has inside all the attention he's going to command from the opposing defense. It just makes more sense to have a team that is more prepared to let it fly from deep. I think like the Sixers were seventh in three point percentage, 22nd in three point rate. So I think you need four forwards, like big forwards who can shoot, who's going to be on like available on the market who can do that. It's tough for me to say, do you have any names in your mind who interest you for a package like that? I see. I'm, I'm looking around at this right now and I think flexibility is going to be the key. So for me, I don't know if you'd necessarily want to particularly look at some proven veteran guys that are available on a, on a higher contract. So for me, I I'm with you. I think maybe trying to get rid of a contract or two, get rid of Matisse Thibel, depending on what you can get for him. I think the Sixers are going to be better off trying to round out their roster through free agency and adding some cheaper, older guys. That's the way I'm looking at it. Yeah, that all makes sense to me. And obviously the cap is really going to be tied to what happens with Harden's deal. So uh, yeah, I just think they, they just need some more shooting and some more like big forwards around Embiid. And, you know, the nice thing about what the Sixers have with Maxi and Harden in the backcourt, I feel like the toughest thing to find in the NBA is shot creation. And that top three really gives the Sixers a ton of shot creation. Uh, I'm fascinated to see what happens with Tobias Harris this offseason, too. That seems like a spot that, you know, Philadelphia could try to move him and uh, get get another 
get another look uh, next to Embiid in the front court there. What what do you think about any potential Harris deals? This well, yeah, and, and and I wanted to to jump into that with you too. We're recording this on a Monday afternoon. Uh, the Nuggets ended up making a deal. They're sent Jamichael Green and a protected 2027 first rounder to OKC for the number 30 pick. Uh, that OKC looked at it uh, as a potential destination that might be willing to maybe take on the last couple of years of, of Tobias's deal. He's making more than $36 million. Uh, Jamichael Green, not going to break the bank, uh, particularly expected to opt into his $8.2 million salary. So for me, that was a team I was looking at, just given the flexibility that the Thunder have in terms of cap space in terms of being willing to take all these first round picks as sweeteners for these guys. That was a team I was looking at. Is there any other squads you look at Ricky that might be a potential landing spot for Tobias? Cause I'm with you. If you're able to move Tobias Harris, that is the biggest game changer. And, I, and I've said this a lot on the podcast network, Ricky is that he is a very good, he's a good NBA player. He just overpaid. Right. And I think that's where people look at Tobias is his fit the best with the team. Maybe not, but if he was making 15, 20 million dollars, I think people would be a lot happier with with the returns that we're getting on him. Yeah, I mean, Harris is a pretty good player, but I totally agree with your assessment there. Uh, you know, he's just not really a willing enough shooter, I think, or a, a skilled mm -hmm. enough shooter. And I would love to see what Philadelphia looks like with a little bit more spacing around Embiid and uh, I think that moving Harris makes a ton of sense for Philly if they can find someone. The Thunder obviously are going to be the team that everyone goes to when you want to dump a big contract because the Thunder have no plans of competing right now. They want to get all the additional assets they can, and they will give up their cap space to make that happen. Looking around the league, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like, where does Tobias make sense around the league? You know, Portland jumps out is a team that would want veterans around Damian Lillard. That number seven overall pick is reportedly up for sale because they're looking for more immediate help. I don't think you're getting the number seven overall no, pick, no, Tobias no. Harris, certainly. But I do think, you know, potentially that could be a landing spot. Maybe it's got to be a multi-team deal uh, to get Portland a big forward like Harris someone they've never really had next to Lillard uh, that's always sort of been like one of the shortcomings in the rosters they haven't had any like big scoring forwards there so Portland jumps out is a possible team uh, and then beyond that it, it gets tricky especially with his cap number so that, that's the first one that jumps out. Yeah, that I, again, I've said that that is going to be a huge key. You don't know what the chances are. I haven't heard a ton of reports about any potential teams being interested in Tobias Harris, although I expect that to pick up as we get towards the end of the month. And once the finals have wrapped up, uh, James Harden, of course, has until June 29th to opt into his deal. So again, lots of moving parts here before we even get to the draft and then obviously getting into free agency. Uh, Ricky, we talked a little bit about the number 23 pick. I want to jump deeper into that. Let's do that after a short break. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. 
Real Traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back. Uh, just talking about some of the options, Ricky, that the Sixers might have with the number 23 pick. A ton of players being mocked to them. I mean, mock drafts are are obviously an inexact science. They could be way off. They could be somewhat accurate. We don't really know. But there have been a few players uh, linked to the Sixers at that position. One guy is Jalen Williams. Uh, I talked with Santa Clara head coach Herb Sendek. That's coming up in part two of this episode, just about what his growth has been like going into his junior year. But when you look at somebody like Jalen Williams, uh, Tari East, and also I talked with Tasman Mitchell, the LSU assistant coach, about his potential in the NBA. When you're looking at that and assuming the Sixers do keep that pick, Ricky, who are you looking at as a potential guy that makes sense for them? Like you mentioned, they have a ton of needs and three and D wings, a scorer off the bench, and just generally some guys who are athletic. Hopefully we're not seeing Paul Millsap, DeAndre Jordan, and all these other dudes back next season because the Sixers need to, to add some NBA players who can actually have an impact off the bench. So when you're looking at that number 23 spot, are there any prospects in particular that are popping out to you that would be a good fit in Philly? Yeah. I mean, I think that there's a number of guys who would fit well in Philly. And again, it's because Philly already has that superstar who everything orbits around. It just seems like it makes, it it just does make team building so much easier when you already got the most important piece in place. And Philly does with Embiid. Uh, you know, to go off some of the guys you mentioned, Jalen Williams, I was at the draft combine, saw Jalen Williams uh, in the scrimmages there. He's a really interesting prospect because he's so long. He's so comfortable initiating the offense out of pick and roll. And he was tremendous as a spot up shooter too. So, you know, you're looking for shooting around Embiid. Williams should be able to provide that. He can also provide, a, you know, some playmaking in a pinch. If you're looking for like second side pick and roll actions, Uh, in tremendous length defensively too. I think that that works to his advantage on both ends of the floor, but you're talking about a guy with, you know, a wingspan over seven foot two and standing only about six foot six. So uh, his length is a huge asset to his game. Watching him at the combine, he's, I view him as definitely like a below average NBA athlete. That's probably not a huge surprise for a guy who played three seasons in the WCC. Uh, I I just don't really know if he meets the quickness threshold to really initiate offense at the NBA level. But with that being said, the nice thing about him is that his length is going to play anywhere and his shooting should play anywhere. He could hit shots off the catch. He could hit shots off the dribble. Uh, And I think he he just has a generally pretty good feel for the game. It's like both in terms of deliberate playmaking and just sort of knowing how to leverage his length to the best of his advantage. So I think Jalen Williams probably won't still be on the board at pick number 23, but there's certainly a chance he could be. And I think that he would be a pretty good pick uh, as a three-year college player for a Sixers team that, you know, really wants to maximize the next couple of years. 
Uh, I don't know where to go next. Maybe Tari Eason. Uh, Eason, I think, again, probably won't be available at number 23. I think he's one of the probably 10 or 12 best prospects in this draft. I really loved his game at LSU this year. Led the team in scoring coming off the bench as a transfer from Cincinnati. Plays with such a ridiculously high motor on both ends of the floor, and especially defensively. This guy just racks up steals and blocks. Just has a knack for grabbing the ball from his opponents and then dunking it on the other end. You got to love his super aggressive style of play. Uh, To me, Tari Eason's calling card in the NBA is going to be his switchability. I think that in, you know, this time of the year, too often people will be pegged as multi-position defenders when uh, that rarely becomes the case in the NBA when you're going against NBA level athletes. But to me, Eason is going to be able to check a pretty wide range of players in the league. Uh, he's got a great frame, 6'8", I think 220, 7'1", wingspan or something like that. Hands as big as Kawhi Leonard's. Uh, plays with a tremendous motor all the time whenever he's on the floor. And, you know, the the issue for him is the jump shot. It went in in a 35% clip from three, an 80% clip from the line. But if you watched LSU this year, he just wasn't a super confident shooter. Has sort of a long, slow release I wonder if that's going to translate in the NBA. And then, you know, the other thing with Tari is that he doesn't have much of an offhand right now, but I think you bet on him because of the physical tools, because of the mentality, because of the fact that it looks like he has pretty good touch. Uh, And yeah, he's just such a intense, ferocious player that I think he would give the Sixers some like much needed athleticism and physicality next to Embiid. I don't know if he's going to answer their current day shooting woes, But I do think that, uh, you know, he'd just be an awesome pick on a pure talent perspective. And we know that Daryl Morey, since he's come to Philly, he's found some great talents in the draft. And Tyrese Maxey, his first year, and then Jaden Springer last year, who I'm still pretty high on. I think he can be good for them. A couple other names I'll throw out there for Sixers fans. I like EJ Liddell. Mm -hmm. I think that he could be available there. Three-year player out of Ohio State. 6'7", 240-pound strong forward. Uh, made major strides as a shooter, as a junior at Ohio State, became much more comfortable shooting from the outside. I think he's got the frame to provide some additional rim protection for Philly and a great shot blocker too around the rim. So you wonder about Liddell's offense, but defensively, I think he would just be a really nice pick for Philly. And uh, he's one of my favorite picks, I think, you know, outside of the lottery around number 20 overall. I think whoever gets EJ Liddell is going to get a very solid NBA player. And I guess the last name I'll mention here, how about Patrick Baldwin Jr.? I just did a profile on him at SBNation.com. Uh, was a top five recruit throughout his high school career. Ended up deciding to play for his dad at Milwaukee instead of taking a scholarship from Duke in uh, Coach K's last year. He had a, a miserable year at Milwaukee by any definition. Uh, only played 11 games. He injured he suffered a season ending ankle injury, his second game of his senior year of high school. And that ankle still gave him trouble last season when he was at Milwaukee. But the idea of him is a six, ten and a half knockdown shooter. And I think that's really appealing next to Embiid, whatever athletic limitations Baldwin has. And he does have them. He's not very fleet of foot at all in terms of quickness or vertical explosion as a leaper. But if he's really is an elite shooter, I think that type of player would just be a big boost next to Embiid, uh, give Embiid, you know, more space to, to operate inside. And then 
you know, you, you just heard Embiid all season sort of uh, taking shots at some of his teammates for record scratching when they get spot up threes in the corner or even above the break. Uh, Baldwin can take and make those shots. So, you know, when you got that type of size, I still think he has a chance to be a, a pretty good NBA player as long as he can stay healthy. And, you know, that's going to be the big thing with him after multiple years marred by the ankle injury. So those are just a few guys who I think would be good for Philly. And certainly if they keep that number 23 pick, I think they're going to have, you know, 10 legitimate options probably staring at them at number 23. Ricky, I wanted to ask you what one guy you, you didn't mention here, and I've seen him mocked to the Sixers as well, is, is Kendall Brown of Baylor. He's he's a 3-4 uh, freshman, 6-7, roughly 200 pounds. What do you think of his potential fit with, with the Sixers as well? He reminds me a lot of Thibault. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know if uh, people want to. Yeah, I don't know if people want that, Ricky. <laughs> Not after what we saw in the playoffs this year. Yeah, he's a basically he's a ridiculous athlete. Uh, He's one of the best pure athletes in the draft can jump out of the gym. He's super fast. He has good size at about six, eight, six, 11 wingspan, 200 pounds, really high defensive motor. And I think, you know, potentially could be one of the best defensive players in this class long term. If you project it out a few years down the line offensively really good passer and is like a pretty smart cutter just seems to like understand how to find his his spots in space but the jump shot's a major question mark I mean he hit 34 percent this year but he only took like 1.2 per game he was like a sub 70 percent free throw shooter uh I don't know if he's a great fit for Philly I think that you know he he ended up being an efficient scorer just because Uh, He was very good at just like finding shots that were created for him. I think, you know, he could be pretty dynamic cutting into open space off Embiid and giving him some more athleticism and some more defense. But I just don't think he has enough offensive value beyond that. And I think he's too far away as a shooter to gain serious consideration for number 23. But, you know, he's a one and done for a reason. He's a super athlete. If you think that you can develop his offensive skills, you're not going to find that package of athleticism uh, in many other guys at that point in the draft. So, you know, there's an argument for him, but I just don't think he has quite enough shooting for Philly. Ricky, you've done a great job covering the, the draft prospects. And as you mentioned for us at, at SBNation.com, so I know you're going to have a busy, you know, next week, week and a half here until the June 23rd draft does come. But I wanted to wrap up on this. I asked you earlier, and we talked a little bit about the worst case scenario for the Sixers. What do you think the best case scenario is for them this offseason? We, we know where the holes are. Uh, we talked a little bit about how the, the gap between maybe the Celtics and, and the Sixers in order to be a championship level contender in a team. When you, when you look at what would be the ideal offseason for Daryl Morey, Elton Brand, the entire Sixers front office, in order for them to raise their level to being a championship contender. What are some of the things you're hoping, if you're, again, you're putting on your GM hat for the Sixers, what are you aiming to do here? Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that this is, like, realistic or in the realm of possibility, but to me, like, when you got Embiid, we know Maury's entire philosophy as an executive has been collecting stars. So the ideal offseason for me would be retaining Harden on a deal that you feel okay about moving forward and then adding another star. Now, of course, easier said than done. I think that certainly involves moving Tobias Harris probably in a multi-team trade. And who do you want uh, coming back? You know, someone like Bradley Beal would be awesome. Just like any sort of all-star caliber guard who can shoot, I think would be fantastic for the Sixers. So 
Uh, yeah, the flaws on the team are pretty apparent. Maury has had a knack since he became an executive of just being able to collect stars. And, uh, you know, if they don't work out, he's usually able to move on from them pretty quickly, historically. So I don't know how uh, there's a path to get Philly another all-star caliber talent, but I think that, you know, that would be the best case scenario for him. Yeah, we're, we're looking forward to that. Like I said, we're, we're going to start getting some answers on how much flexibility they have, et cetera, et cetera, as we get obviously through the draft, depending on what happens with Danny Green and that 23rd pick. As a reminder, the Sixers can't technically trade it until that pick is made. So if they are going to ship that ship that selection, it's going to be after they have made the pick at number 23. And then, of course, we have James Harden's June 29th deadline that will give us a ton of answers as to which way the Sixers can improve this roster. And as you said, Ricky, around a guy like Joel Embiid. Uh, Ricky, I want to thank you for joining me. I know you are you are a busy man with everything going on around the NBA. Uh, love the work that you do at SBNation.com and, and would love to do this again with you soon. For sure. Thanks for having me. All right, that's Ricky O'Donnell. Like I mentioned, he covers the NBA for us at SBNation.com. Uh, you can check him out online and Twitter at SBN underscore Ricky. I'm at JazzKang21. That concludes part one of Sixers Daily. Coming up in part two, I'll be talking with Herb Sendick. He is the head coach of the Santa Clara men's basketball team. Going to be talking about Jalen Williams, his strengths and weaknesses, potential fit with the Sixers if he falls down the board, and a ton of other things as well. Coming up also on Wednesday, I'll be talking with Tasman Mitchell. He's an assistant coach with the LSU Tigers, getting some insight into Tari Eason. Again, that does it for this episode. Don't forget to tune into part two. And for, don't forget as well, subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, we are there. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.